Three here on Sports Tree LTD. Folks, I'm your host, Connor Roundtree, as always. And before we get into this week's edition of Trees 3, you know, get things started with your stump and bump of the week, we have to wrap up the World Series just like the Atlanta Braves did earlier this week, winning their first World Series since the year that I was born in 19. 95 a pretty good year but that also wraps up our mlb bracket challenge here on sports tree brought to you by halo fishing from american baitworks and folks this guy won another one it's jurgen sosa coming in first place the run differential was the difference jake curley coming in second place and i came in third because i can't win anything jake curley gets a double dose of merchandise from us here at sports tree thanks for playing everyone and thank you to our sponsors halo fishing from american American Bay words. All right, folks, getting into our bump and stump of the week now. Our bump of the week has to go to the Carolina Hurricanes. They started off the season 9-0. Not much more to say than that. They're perfect. It doesn't really get better than perfect. Congratulations, Carolina. You're perfect. As for our stump of the week, folks, that has to go to Kamaro Usman. This guy used homophobia to belittle his opponent at the press conference. Like, what is he, 12? And like even 12 year olds, I spoke at a middle school a few weeks ago and they're not even doing that. They carry themselves with more class and maturity than this guy. Colby Covington brought up a very good point, brings up the fact that, hey, you have a lot of back knee. You have hygienic issues that relate to steroids. And he goes, why are you talking about my back? Are you coming out of the closet? Come on, man. You got to be better than that. Are you a champ or are you a chump? That's the stuff that gets you to be our stump. Ridiculous. You are a stump of the week. Coming in at number three this week, folks, on Trees 3 is Combat Sports. We're going to break down our six favorite picks for UFC 268. But before we get into that, the most dominant boxer of our generation is back in action on Saturday night. It is Canelo Alvarez on his quest to unify, become the first man to ever unify the super middleweight division when he takes on Caleb Plant. Oh yeah, and did I forget to mention he'd be the first ever Mexican to become a unified world champion. So, not a big deal. Here's my prediction. Don't talk shit about Canelo's mom. Caleb Plant gets knocked out on Saturday night. Canelo reigns supreme. Getting things started on the UFC's prelim card, it's Melsek Bahazarian versus Bruno Souza. Both these guys lost their very first professional bout and haven't lost since, but I like Bahazarian in this one. He's won all of his fights by knockout except one. I love his movement, so I'm riding with the Armenian Melsek Bahazarian. Up next, folks, it's Ian Gary versus Jordan Williams, and I am high on Ian Gary. This kid is 7-0. He's making his UFC debut, winning five out of his last six fights by way of finish. This kid, I'm telling you, he's got great boxing, he's got great movement, and he's the former Cage Warriors World Welterweight Champion. He is very slick and smooth striking, but he also knows how to mix in his takedowns against inferior opponents like Jordan Williams. Williams is simply one of the most inconsistent performers I've seen in the UFC. He fought three times on Dana White's contender series before signing, goes out, gets a great knockout, then gets dropped by Mickey Gall and submitted fairly quickly. I got Ian Gary for the easy first round knockout. And a battle of physical specimens who both quite frankly scare the crap out of me. Phil Haas is taking on Chris Curtis and give me Phil Haas. He's got excellent knockout power and some good wrestling. Curtis just didn't really impress me all that much in his contender series appearance and I like Phil Haas to get his paws on Chris Curtis and end this fight and hammer out a victory via knockout. 
Shifting over to the main card now, folks, it starts with a bang. It's Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And Habib may have shown the world that Justin Gaethje's Achilles heel is his wrestling, making him look like a white belt on the mat, quite literally finishing him any way he wanted. And let's not forget that Michael Chandler, a former D1 wrestler out of Mizzou. But here's the difference. Chandler's been knocked out in two out of his last three fights. One of those guys was a featherweight, moving up to fight him in Bellator. Justin Gaethje hits like a Mack truck. I like Chandler to try to wrestle. I like Gaethje to finish him with an uppercut going in. Justin Gaethje by knockout. First round, book it and cook it. The co-main event, folks, is our first title fight of the night. It's Rose Nama Yunez versus Zhang Weili. And when everyone said Weili was going to run right through Rose, I said not a chance. Nama Yunez is just the best 115 fighter on the world. She's got the movement. She's got the striking. She's got the coach, Trevor Whitman. She's the best. She said it herself. She is the best. If she's on, she's engaged. I've been watching all the buildup for this fight. She's saying she's the best. I think she's the best. And she just knocked out Wei Li in the last fight. You don't think that's going to be in Wei Li's head? And Rose Nama Yunez is an underdog in this fight. Give me all of that. Let's go, Thug Rose. Do it again. Shock the world again. And put some respect on this woman's name. Mental health. She battled through it all. I absolutely love this girl. Thug Rose via late knockout. As for the main event, folks, it's the grudge match of the decade. Kobe Covington versus Kamaru Usman. And people writing off Kobe Covington are absolutely crazy because this guy is an absolute animal. The problem is, is that Usman is the bigger, stronger man who can take a punch and has never been taken down in the UFC. However, I've been looking at that last fight, and I went back to rescore it. I gave Covington the first round, Covington the second round, although it was close. Usman clearly won the third round, Covington won the fourth round, but in the fifth round, Usman showed why he was the champ, battling through the adversity and knocking Covington out, and literally broke his jaw earlier in the fight, and that's one point that I want to bring up. Anyone thinking that Usman is going to win this fight, Covington broke his jaw after the third round and fought on for another eight minutes. These guys aren't going anywhere. They're going out on their shield. They both averaged over four significant strikes landed per minute when they fought each other. They averaged over 15 minutes of octagon time per fight. The safe bet here is the 1.5 over on the rounds. If you like the 2.5, that pays about dash 180 right now. That's where my money's going to be. But if you really want to take a winner... I think Kamaru Usman is just simply too big and too strong. Although Kobe Covington is going to bring a torrent pace. This is going to be an awesome fight. But do not sleep on the underdog Covington. But again, the good money is in the over on the rounds. Folks, coming in at number two this week on Trees 3 is the Mexican Grand Prix. And Lewis Hamilton is coming off a victory here in Mexico back in 2019. He's won two out of the last four Mexican Grand Prix. But so has his rival, Max Verstappen. The Dutchman won this race, consecutively winning it in 2017 and 18. However, it was the Silver Arrows that got off to the hot start in Mexico City. Valtteri Bottas pushed to the top of the first practice session, followed by teammate and reigning world champion Lewis Hamilton, and then his rival, Max Verstappen, rounded out the top three. It'll be a pro Red Bull crowd with Sergio Perez on home soil, but the pressure may be getting to the Mexican as he had a collision with the wall in his first couple minutes of training. Mm, yeah, a little bit of car damage there. I'd say the advantage going into this weekend has to be with Mercedes and the way those cars are running right now. At Dash 275, I love that number for them to take home the Constructors' Championship. So make sure you get all over that before this weekend. Lewis Hamilton knows he's running out of time in the Drivers' Championship. There's only five races left, including this race in Mexico, for him to get ahead of Verstappen, catch him, and win his record eighth world championship, folks. I like the Silver Arrows this weekend. All right, folks, coming in at number one this week, you know what it is. During NFL season, it's NFL action every gosh darn time 
Now we're going to break this down. I'm 60 and 15 this season with my picks after the win last night. A clean 80%. Thank you, Indianapolis Colts. But we're going to get right into this one with a tough one between the Falcons and the Saints. Now, the Saints D is going to be the difference in this one. Falcons have lost three straight games versus the Saints and scored 20 or fewer points and less than 350 total yards in each of those games. The Falcons have been sacked 21 times by the Saints in their last four matchups. And Matt Ryan is just 9 and 16 versus the Saints in his career. Switching things over to the positives for the Saints. Now, Elvin Kamara will help any QB and is a valid option out of the backfield. Over the last five games, he's averaging over 120 yards from scrimmage and 25 touches with a touchdown per game. The numbers say the Saints defend their home turf and dial up the heat on Matty Ice. I like them to win this game and rely on their superior coaching. Up next, folks, we're going to take a look at the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the football giants of New York. Derek Carr has been a tremendous leader over the last couple weeks for this Raiders team in desperate need of direction. He's produced four touchdowns and consecutive 320-yard performances in that two-game span. On top of that, this week, folks, he gets his favorite target back in Darren Waller. New York has given up three-plus passing touchdowns in two out of their last four games, and Vegas has a top seven defense this season, averaging over two sacks per game. Well, this game should be a solid fight. Vegas checks all the marks on my list, and I like them as the slight favorite come Sunday. Up next, folks, the Denver Broncos are in town to battle the Dallas Cowboys. And to be quite frank with you, I don't think it really matters who the Cowboys have under center. The Broncos are averaging over four yards against per carry this season and 100 yards per game rushing. Zeke is eating this season, averaging nearly five yards per carry, while Tony Pollard is averaging 5.8 yards per Per carry, so you know the Dallas backs will eat this Denver defense alive. The Broncos just lost their leader on D in Von Miller, essentially waving the white flag on the season. I like the boys to chew the clock and chew up the Broncos' run defense to open up the pass attack and all their other weapons. And hey, the last time the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. And I was born. We talked about it. Good year. Cowboys win. Ride on, boys. Up next, folks, the Vikings are visiting the Ravens in the battle of purple teams. I'm going to say it first. I bet you the purple team is going to win. The Ravens have not allowed a running back to rush for 60 yards this season, and Delvin Cook has rushed for 60-plus yards in four out of his five games played. So who wins? I'll break it down for you right now. The Ravens have been gettable in the past game, and Kirk Cousins has been slinging it this season with a QB rating over 103. However, the Vikings have scored fewer than 20 points in three out of their last four games. The Ravens are at home, and they get a boost coming up off the bye week. They also have Lamar Jackson taking on a Vikings D that's giving up 4.6 yards per carry which is the 7th worst in the NFL. Jackson leads the league in yards per carry. I expect him to shred this defense with his legs and he's been passing the ball pretty dang well too. I like the moderate favorite Ravens at home. Up next folks, it's the Green Bay Packers visiting the Kansas City Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers and I spoke to ESPN senior fantasy analyst earlier this week being Matthew Barry on Monkey Night Fight Live and we both came to one conclusion. Well, Jordan is a wild card, but he's taking on a bottom six ranked defense. At this point, we all know that the Chiefs are going to give up points. They're averaging nearly two and a half turnovers per game, leading the NFL in the turnover department. Absolutely horrendous stuff. But the thing is, they still have a pass attack led by Patrick Mahomes. And if this game turns into a shootout, I'm going to take Pat Mahomes over Jordan Love any day of the week. And if we're getting to the skill positions, give me Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey any day. Give me the Chiefs over the Packers at home. 
Up next, folks, it's the Arizona Cardinals visiting the San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers are favored in this game, and I have no idea why. Yes, they beat up on the Bears for 33 points last week, but now they get a top-two Arizona defense that's holding opposing quarterbacks to a sub-90 passer rating, ranked second in yards per attempt against, and is averaging less than 200 passing yards against per game. I know Arizona lost last week, but they lost to a very good Packers team on the final play of the game. They should not be underdogs. Take that underdog money and run. Give me the Cardinals. Up next, folks, it's the Tennessee Titans visiting the Los Angeles Rams on primetime Sunday night football, and the headline should read, The King is Dead. Well, actually, Derrick Henry is on IR, but the Titans' chances on Sunday night are completely and utterly shot. The Titans rank as the lead's third-best rushing offense, and Derrick Henry has been carrying the ball over 84% of the time for them, and now he's out. Not to mention that the Rams just added Von Miller, and they already have Aaron Donald. Miller and Donald actually rank first and third in pressure rates since 2016, respectively. Look, it's really simple. The Rams beat up on the Titans, take their lunch money, and leave them feeling inanimate. Take the Rams at home. As for your trivia question on this week's edition of Trees 3, to get in to win your pair of NBA or MLS tickets, here it comes, folks. We're keeping things on the hardwood. Who was the first NBA player with a quadruple double? Head on over to sportstreeltd.com right now. Hit sign up or subscribe. And remember, an upgrade in your subscription is an upgrade in your chances of winning up to $15,000 a year and tickets to see your favorite teams play live. Folks, I'm Connor Roundtree, and cheers. You've made it to the weekend. Three.